Hey, what's up, Hawks? Bo Freeborn with Hawkeyes and Tallboys. We're going to cover Iowa football, basketball, and wrestling for the upcoming week. Let's go, Hawks. This is Parker Hesse. This is Sam Branks. You have the pleasure of listening to Hawkeyes and Tallboys. Cheers, motherfuckers. Welcome to the Hawkeyes and Tallboys podcast. Featuring your host, Bo Freeborn. You know, guys, even though we get two conference losses, we're still going to end up 9-3. and three. We're going to win the West, for sure. Dylan Pond. Here's the thing, fellas. I'm going with it. 12 and fucking 0, baby. We're going to do it. Let's fucking go. Woo! And Rob Wall. I mean, that would be shocking. But we can do it. I mean, I think we can. So crack a tall boy. And go Hawks! Hey, 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 what's up, Hawk fans? Welcome to Hawkeyes and Tallboys. I'm Bo. I'm Dylan. All right, Dylan, let's crack one for Ooh, these fellows. Let's go. All right, hey, welcome into another special edition of the Hawkeyes and Tallboys podcast. This is episode 32 already, if you can believe it. Uh, we took a hiatus last week, but we're back again. We're gonna, like we said in the intro, we're gonna talk a little bit about football, a little bit about basketball, a little bit about wrestling. What's happened? What's coming to happen? And and uh, and what we see for the upcoming weeks? Hell yeah, Bo! And we're gonna touch a little bit on everything. And uh, one thing we wanted to point out, listeners, this is gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode than usual. Um, for those of you listening on your drives to work, I feel like you'll appreciate that. So. <laughs> Well, perfect. Well, let's just jump right into it, Dill. Um, we're going to start with Iowa football. Um, the last episode we had, we were wondering who was going to declare. Uh, we had uh, Tristan Wirfs, AJ Epinesa, Geno Stone, and uh, and a couple of unknowns here. But and Geno um, had already declared when we were talking last. Right? Yeah, That's you're right. Okay, you're right. But Wirfs and AJE were both uh, on the fence, and and then we had the surprising come out of Torin Young too. Yeah, uh, I mean, just kind of like we said in that latest episode, Bo. When it comes to you know AJ Epinesa and Tristan Wirfs, go make your money. I, you know, you can come back to school. I'm I'm totally for that. Uh, as far as Torn Young went, that kind of surprised me. I think many expected him possibly to grad transfer, but seeing him go ahead and you know forego that fifth year of eligibility and just decide to enter the draft and see what happens. I mean, we know he's a smart kid and gets good grades and everything, so. Maybe just kind of figured, what the hell? I don't really know what to make of that. You know, the only bad thing with Torn Young leaving, though, is we don't have that bruiser back. Like, everyone we've talked to is like, oh, you know, this is good for him. It's great. Now that we have Goodson and uh, Ivory Kelly Martin coming back and Makai Sargent's going to be the num- number two back. Well, what about that bruiser back? Those guys are all speed guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think, you know, Makai's one especially, and Tyler Goodson showed it a little bit at the end of the season as well, where they can put their shoulder down and lay a lick. So I'm not necessarily as worried about that as you are, but hell, I mean, he's still a tremendous talent. You know, I think the thing that was lacking with Torin is just that top-end speed. For sure. You know, that ability to break to the end zone that guys like Makai Sargent and Tyler Goodson both have. So for sure. uh, wish the best for him, obviously, and I, I think it's the right decision for him ultimately. Wish the best for all of them. And, and talking about that, we'll go straight into the the recruiting news uh, that we have for the – we just had the junior day, class of 2020. Dill, you want to kick us off? Tell yeah, us a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, it was – uh, kick-ass, kick-ass junior day. We came away with a couple, or just one commit technically. Um, another guy was on the fence that so we can talk here a little bit about that some more. Um, so specifically the commit we did get out of West Branch, Iowa, three-star defensive end, 6'5", 242 pounds. Uh, watching the film on him, the kid's a hitter. You know, 
one of those homegrown guys you got to keep in state. Jeff Bowie. Yep, Jeff Bowie. Cousins of David Bowie. Not, <laughs> not really. But, no. So, definitely a stud there. And then the other surprising one that came out of there was uh, Marcus Bow. And that's Bow, kind of like you, but bow and arrow. Oh. Think about it like that. But he's a Wisconsin kid, offensive lineman, just loved it here at the University of Iowa. And every indication he made to reporters and everything was that he was planning on committing today, essentially Friday. Or, no, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. But essentially committing tomorrow. Uh, decided to postpone that announcement, think about it a little bit more. Uh, some are speculating that they're thinking, you know, possibly waiting on a Wisconsin offer. But, you know, who, who's to say there? We don't know necessarily. Uh, a lot of other studs in attendance there. You had guys like four-star quarterback Ty Thompson out of Arizona, uh, true dual-threat quarterback. Uh, he's a guy kind of similar to a Deuce Hogan. You would just love to get on board. The kid's got, you know, offers a mile-long stud. Uh, and then another one out of Ankeny, Brody Brecht, uh, another hell of an athlete. A uh, little on the light side, looking at 193 pounds right now. Obviously, has an entire senior season to grow yet. Uh, kids got offers. You know, I noticed he also took a visit to Nebraska. Uh, got offers to Iowa State. So, um, local Power Five offers right now are mainly what we're looking at with these kids. Which is to be expected from a kid from Ankeny talking about Brody Brecht. And 6'4", 193 as a junior, that's not bad. Think about what's going to happen when he gets in to Doyle's system, you know right? what I'm saying? I was going to say, my going into my senior year, I was 5'5". Five, five, I call myself 5'11". Let's <laughs> be honest, 5'10 and 3 quarters. And, you know, 190 pounds, and I played center. So <laughs> I, I think that Ankeny team might be a little bit better than our Prairie Hawk team was back in the day. That's right. Shout out P-Hawks. But uh, as far as other 2021 commits so far, we got Connor Colby from Kennedy, Justice Sullivan from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, Jaden Harrell from Urbandale, Griffin Little from Bettendorf. Uh, we talked about Jeff Bowie and then Jennings Dunker from Lena, Illinois, and then Zach Tweet from Story City. And he was a former Iowa State commit, and um, the Hawks got him to decommit and flip. So, uh, I mean, good-looking good class so far. You know, you look at, you know, these guys are going into their senior year, essentially, and yeah, definitely off to another good start and another Kirk Ferentz recruiting class. Absolutely, and, and I really like the fact that we're going out and getting these in-state guys, but just the recruiting in general, as I really think, has really picked up. You know, and that, that's such a big thing, Bo, and you talk about it, and so I was looking at studies on rivals a little bit here today where just the state of Iowa in general, like I think we have 15 kids in the state that have Power 5 offers. Like That's unheard of here in the state of Iowa, and, you know, that, that could be due to numerous different factors, but... You know, nonetheless, the talent here in the state keeps improving. You know, with the prominence of Iowa's football program, you know, they're going to have to keep up and essentially lock these kids down. You know, and, and that's a great transition because talking about recruiting, we're already talking about the 2020 classes coming in. And just to know that, we got Deuce Hogan already enrolled at Iowa mm -hmm. early, yep. just coming in to try to put some pressure on Spencer Petrus as he was just announced the starting quarterback. You know, uh, you know and, and Deuce Hogan, he's coming in with the full intention of redshirting, which I, I think is the absolute right move. You know, end up being a third-string quarterback. He'll be on the travel squad and everything, I'm sure. But, you know, between uh, Spencer and Alex Padilla, I think those guys got this thing kind of wrapped up, you know, as far as the one-two punch goes, at least for year one. But nonetheless, him getting in in the spring, you know, getting that extra six months essentially to look at the playbook, you know, with the rest of the guys coming in, you know, late, early summer, right around June area. So 
no, that's awesome for him. I'm excited for him and excited for his future as a hog. You know, we've talked about Spencer Peters being the guy already, you know, for the for this upcoming season. We talked about how many years he's been in spring ball. This will be his third year of spring ball. Right. And now we talk about Deuce Hogan who's coming in for his first year, graduating early and coming in, you know, a December, January grad. So I really like the like you said, I like the fact that he's gonna come in and really learn the system right away then too. So that's definitely for the, the quarterback who's oh, gonna be the key to the oh, it's offense. huge. It's absolutely huge. Especially with all of the uh, the recruiting noise we've got about him, right? So. And and not only Deuce Hogan coming in, uh, we got some big news, and I'm sure you guys have already heard all about it. Coy Cronk uh, decided to transfer, enter the transfer portal, and come to the University of Iowa from Indiana. Dill, can you tell me a little bit? You about know, it? and for those of you that don't know much about this, uh, you know, we're looking at a true left tackle that has over 40 starts at another Big Ten school. Granted, it's Indiana, but still. Uh, that, that's just invaluable Big Ten experience that's going to come to an offensive line that's essentially being, you know, going to have a big, big hole to fill with Tristan Wirfs at right tackle leaving. So now that brings, you know, a little bit of a sticky situation as far as where exactly does he fit in, Bo. So I, I can see this shaking out a n- number of different ways, but just know at the end of the day, Kirk Ferentz is going to put the best five linemen on the field. Well, here's no the matter what, they're going to the work deal. out positions later for sure. And and one big thing too is we we lose Tristan Wirfs, who obviously deservedly so is going to be going to the NFL, going to be making a lot of money, yeah, likely first round pick. Absolutely. And and Kirk Cron- or Coy Cronk is going to come in. He's six five, three hundred twenty five pounds, and has all that you know all that starting experience. You throw him on the line anywhere, he knows how to block. He knows what he's doing. He's played right. Big Ten football. It's almost like we're substituting Tristan Wirfs for Tristan Wirfs. Maybe a little less athletic. And see, I would say a little bit less, just mainly as far as blocking scheme goes. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about we, – we've talked about it plenty of times where a lot of people may not realize, you know, Iowa runs that zone blocking scheme as far as, you know, Wisconsin in their gap scheme. Now, you look at Indiana, and they do it even a little bit differently as well where they do a lot out of the read option and that sort of thing. So – you know, Coy's not necessarily as used to grabbing on, mauling all the way till the dude's on his back. But here's the deal: the guy's 325 pounds, man. He's gonna he's gonna lock on a DN and he's gonna take him all the way to the you know. And, and that's the bus. and that's kind of what I'm thinking, Bo. You know, even even though he's only got what essentially seven eight months under this coaching staff, I think he's gonna end up making the most of it. And you know, honestly, I don't think he'd be coming here if the coaching staff didn't fully expect him to be a starter. You know, and, and you said, too, that he's already cleared for for spring ball, which is great. Yep. So hopefully he can get in with Coach Doyle and really really transform himself and really work at becoming a potential right. NFL prospect. Well, and that, that was that transfer kind of went under the radar, too, because, you know, I don't think anybody knew for sure what he was doing until he enrolled in classes at the University of Iowa. So he's definitely kept it under grips quite a bit. For sure. Uh, other than that, any other news you got on uh, the 2020 or 2021 uh, recruiting class or just your thoughts on Iowa football, anything you got? I mean, overall, guys, I think I think Iowa football is in a really good spot. Uh, you know, this recruiting has steadily been in, improving. You look at between 247, Rivals, ESPN, all those different recruiting sites out there, you know, our recruiting is constantly on the uptick. And us being a developmental program as it is, you know, these recruits are starting to see us send guys to the NFL, you know, particularly tight ends. And so, uh, you know, I saw a funny little tidbit today that uh, LSU has offered every single one of our tight end visits. It's like just folks that are visiting. So it's just kind of funny that, you know, that has essentially 
extended to a national champion. So, um, you know, d- definitely still got a lot of work to do between now and August, but a lot to be excited for. For sure. And, and last thing I want to add in is that our own quarterback, Nate Stanley, uh, he was invited to the 2020 All-Star Football Challenge that's going to be uh, on air tomorrow, 9 o'clock Central uh, on ESPN2. Um, just a little replay here is that uh, Nate Stanley was the winner of the 2020 Quarterback Accuracy Challenge. and then well, the way big- to ruin it for the folks. Well, bro. you know, they, they got it. They got to know. We got to brag about our guy. Uh, and then the Big Ten team consisting of KJ Hamler from Penn State, uh, Yurtur Gross Matos from Penn State, and then Zach Braun from Wisconsin all won the All Star Football Challenge for the Big Ten. So, congrats to Nate. We're glad for him. We're happy for him. Hopefully, he has a great, uh, great career and great draft. And congrats to the Big Ten just in general. So yeah. that's awesome, awesome. But. Bo, as far as that goes, I think we should go ahead and roll it into wrestling. I 100% agree, um, Dill. Hit me up with some rest. So we t- we touched on it a little bit la- last time, you know, uh, pretty quick as well. But you know, the Hawkeyes still currently ranked first in the country, eight and zero, five and zero in the Big Ten. Uh, specifically, the last four meets have been great. You know, Indiana won 41 nothing, Purdue 41 nothing. So that's a hell of a weekend in the state of the Indiana. Uh, came back here to Iowa, home mat, had Nebraska and Ohio State. Uh, you know, defeated Nebraska 26-6, defeated Ohio State 24-10. So uh, the only real downside between those two meets is you saw Pat Lugo, number one in the nation, get upset by uh, Sammy. Not Sosa, but Sasso. Yep, Sasso. So, and Sasso's a hell of a wrestler. Just the thing about him, Bo, that infuriated me, and I don't know if you watched the match or not, but I don't want to say he's stalled, but he's just that defensive wrestler where, you know, he just would not allow any shots to come aboard so uh just insane there you know and, and i even had that on my radar for an upset to be honest mm-hmm. with you i i looked at it as a kind of a toss-up match you know and Sass- sasso's a stud so yeah so don't get me wrong there and you know the fact that pat lugo was in on four different shots and couldn't complete them it's just insane to me but yeah. uh you know nonetheless and a couple close calls there at the end but you know when it comes to iowa wrestling you can't let it come down to that you can't can't let the ref decide who wins and loses. And that'll be that'll be huge for uh, tomorrow's match. And oh. We have a big one at home against it's, Penn State. It's huge. So, and we can just go ahead and run through our projections and everything. But, um, you know, this is the fir- first time in probably six, seven, eight years where I was coming into this match favored, and just awesome. You know, Penn State's a little bit on a down skid right now. And, you know, the Hawkeyes are upticking. So it's good to see. But, you know, just kind of going through the matchup here, we got at 125, Spencer Lee is going to go up against Brandon Meredith. Uh, honestly, I don't see any way Spencer doesn't come away with probably a first or second period tech fall here. What do you think? Well, and for the listeners, is Brandon Meredith related to Bryce Meredith? Is that a brother, cousin? Do you know? If you don't know, that's fine. I was just curious because I, I saw the name. I don't know. I don't think so. I okay. haven't I haven't heard that before, but... You know, obviously, it's always positive. And Bryce Meredith, God, that kid was a stud. He was a stud. Wyoming. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Sure. But then we look at 133. You got number two ranked Austin DeSanto taking on Roman Bravo Young, uh, another ranked opponent that he's going to have to take on there. But you know, I think Austin DeSanto got him a couple times last year. Uh, you know, most notably in the Big Tens where it really counted. So, you know, I, I think. DeSanto handles business here. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that people want. So I think let's go decision there. So that's 8 nothing Iowa. And then as far as uh, 41 goes, it just came out that Carter Happel actually is going to be wrestling so in, in, in place of Max Murin. Did it for sure? Yes, for sure. Oh. Read an article about it. Uh, and, Dill, if you want to talk about Max Murin a little bit. You know, and I, I knew that's what they were kind of thinking. I don't know 
So Max Mirren's dealing with some sort of injury bug, mental thing. Don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, been out the last couple meets. Probably just a soreness, something minimal, I'm sure. But uh, nonetheless, he'd be having to wrestle number two in the nation, Nick Lee. And the kid's a stud. I think, you know, Nick Lee ends up major decision tech following anybody he faces regardless. So, uh, you know, give Carter Happel his shot. Let him get in there. You know, he's worked hard in the room. You know, let's see what he's got. Uh, you know, he got kind of blown out this past week against Luke Pletcher, but a lot of people get blown out by Luke Pletcher, so and, that's not a big deal. And keep Max Mirren healthy up until at exactly. least Big Tens, if not National Championship. Exactly, and, and that's what you got to remember too, Hawk fans, especially the wrestling fans out there that, you know, call this shit ducking. It's not. Nobody's ducking anybody. They're just saving their guys, making sure they get the minimum match count for when it matters in March. So nothing to be worried about there, but I don't see us getting the win and you know being a little bit conservative as well i went ahead and went with the tech fall so i'm assuming nick lee tech falls carter happel uh then we get to 149 so number three in the nation pat lugo coming off his big upset you know he's got jared verklarian god i totally just butchered that last name but uh you know i think he comes out with a decision decision there uh caleb young another guy is going to get a decision versus bo pfeiffer um, 57 yep at 57 and then so and this comes to the gauntlet of that iowa penn state meet where you know we got 65 74 both one versus two matchups just gonna be awesome well worth the price of admission alone you know if you don't have your tickets yet check StubHub, get standing room only get what you can because these are the matches you're gonna want to see so at 165 you're having number two in the nation alex marinelli versus number one vincenzo joseph Guys, these are straight toss-up matches. You know, all of these right here that we're going to go through. So my pick, being a homer, uh, Alex Marinelli, I think he gets it done at home. So I'm going to go with decision there. So that puts a score at 17-5, to five, Iowa. Me too. I also have Marinelli in my bracket too. Nice. At a kid. And then 74 gets a little bit more interesting. Another 1v2 matchup. we got number two, Michael Kemmerer, Kem Dog, versus number one, Mark Hall. Bo, you ever seen Mark Hall wrestle? I have. I've watched him in the national ch- national championships the last two years, and the dude is phenomenal. I personally have Mark Hall winning, uh, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. Even though Kim Dog uh, bumped up to seventy four. Yeah, I, I I see this one going down to the wire as well. I think uh, I think Mark Hall does get it done, whether that's in overtime or with the last second takedown. But I think he gets it done as well. I think he's just got a little too much firepower. Now that being said, we've seen Mark Hall. You know, more or less stall out some matches mm-hmm. matches this year. So, you know, if he's going to come in with that, not mentality, but if he come and ends the match doing that, I think Kemmerer gets a late takedown. So yep. we'll see what happens there. Awesome, awesome couple matches there. Okay, to bump up to 84, we've got a, number six, Abe Asad against Aaron Brooks. And, again, another toss-up. But, Dill, I'll take your pick first. Yeah, I, I got Aaron Brooks in this one pulling the upset on number six, Abe Asad. Um Aaron Brooks is kind of like that freshman phenom that Kale pulled the shirt on. You know, it kind of reminds me, he doesn't have the firepower that Spencer Lee has, but kind of reminds me of one of those situations where, you know, you got a team that's kind of down. Again, Penn State, you know, they're going to do nothing but reload, so they're going to be on the up and coming again here soon. And I think Aaron Brooks is going to be a big part of that here in the next four years. You know, and and this is where I think you're a little bit wrong. Abasad is already undefeated at Carver, and I think he's going to stay undefeated. (laughs) What, two matches? (laughs) Yeah, you better knock on wood. Yeah, for sure. I I think it's going to be a great match. But, you know, I I think Abe's going to get behind the crowd. This whole meet is so exciting and and I, I i think like i said you know all of these matches all along the way up toss until up. 285 they're toss-ups so 
you know, I definitely think Abasad has what it takes to win this match. You know, if he wrestles smart and, uh, you know, you just can't give in to uh, Aaron Brooks's game yep. when it comes into this match. So, well, and you know, if Abasad wrestles his match, he's going to do all right. I was going to say, yeah, exa- you you put you took the words out of my mouth. He's got to wrestle his match, and he cannot go into it. But I also think 100% it's going to depend on the crowd, who shows up, and how loud it's going to get to, oh, and, you know, to back and, him. And like I said, this is going to be – for those of you that haven't been around Hawkeye wrestling before, like I said, this this is the meet to attend. This is your Alabama LSU. This is your one v two of the college football world, like college wrestling world. You gotta go. It's gonna be insane. There's nothing like Carver when it's full packed, fifteen thousand five hundred folks. So it's gonna be awesome. Um, and then from there, I think you know the Hawkeyes have the meet well in hand at this point. But then you're gonna have Jacob Warner, uh, who's came off a few losses, gonna be wrestling Shakir Rashid. Uh, I, I think Jake Warner gets it done. Uh, I think, you know, he's had a couple upsets, whatnot. And then Tony Cassiope as well. He's going to get it done. And, you know, I'm hoping he ends it off with a bang, assuming they start at 125. You know, looking at all these matches, Dill, we kind of went through everything pretty quick. But I, I think that Iowa gets the win, 24 to 10. I don't think that's going to change the standings at all because I know these two teams are 1 and 2 for sure. But uh, definitely a good match and, and one that. You know, well worth the ticket yeah, price. No, and I, I think so too. I think Iowa gets this gets this one twenty three eleven. So, and just our difference there being, uh, you know, the tech fall there at the beginning. So, so just to kind of jump into basketball here real quick. Uh, and tonight we actually have a game Iowa against Maryland. So it should be a pretty good matchup in Maryland. Um, but just kind of looking at Iowa's basketball season overall, they're fifteen and five, uh, six and three in the Big Ten. So they're fourth. They're actually tied fourth in the Big Ten lead. Um, and and, and as of the last five games, they've won five straight. They they played at home against Maryland, at Wisconsin or Northwestern, which it's pretty tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. Absolutely. And uh, they've won against Michigan, Rutgers, and Wisconsin, all three at home. So thankfully, this last five, these last five games have been you know four at home and one on the road, which has been really nice. Oh, yeah. Tonight, tonight's definitely going to be a pretty tough game being on the road playing Maryland, a good Maryland team. I was going to say I, I don't see them getting back getting by this one and. You know, and I think for those of you listening, that's okay. You know, I know that sounds horrible to say, you know, in college sports, losing a game means a lot. I mean, to some degree, but you look at our schedule down the line, you take care of business at home, you're going to get in the tournament. Absolutely, and, and, and we've seen that, I believe, to start the Big Ten season, the Big Ten started 33-0 and at home. At right. home to start the season—that's unbelievable. That's unheard of of any, yeah. any other conference. Nope. And just to know that too, Hawkeye fans, we've seen it a couple times. But Iowa's gotten down du- by double digits. Right. Okay. The the team that they played has been you know beating them that yeah, bad. Wisconsin most recently, right? Most recently, yes. And we've seen them battle back. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, what's different about this team? What what is the main reason why they are coming back, or why why is this team coming? Dill, I want your thoughts on. Bo, this. it's without a doubt the team chemistry. You know, and, and I'm not saying that team chemistry wasn't here with Tyler Cook necessarily because all these players were here uh, with the exception of Joe Toussaint. But this just tough, tenacious mentality is just, it's just fucking awesome to watch. Pardon my language, but good God, you got guys like Joe Toussaint. You know, and I know he catches a lot of grief, but guys like Connor McCaffrey, you know, another one who didn't have the best shooting night the other night, but I don't think anybody would ever question his toughness. And then looking at Luca Garza, I mean, between... You know, those three guys alone, and then Joe Wieskamp. I mean, you got four of your five starters out there, you know, being considered leaders, and then you got guys off the bench like Ryan Creener. I mean, this this team right now just seems to have it. 
now we're probably going to say all this and then they come out and lay an egg versus Maryland and tomorrow on everybody's drives to work we look like dumbasses but <laughs> you know th- that is what it is where just that game versus Wisconsin proved it to me you know like those guys walking off the court it's not something necessarily to be proud of but you know like after Connor, McC- Connor McCaffrey got racked on that screen and you know that dude ends up getting suspended a game yeah. you know for this next game or whatever because he's done it so many times and what you saw Luca Garza pretty much tell him to fuck off in the line and then um, CJ Frederick another guy another tough get tough, the fuck out of tough my court. SOB yeah get the F out of my court it's like that is awesome. That is the mentality you need to have, and that's the mentality you need to have to win games on the road in the Big Ten as you well. You know, and and you're talking about some players. Luca Garza is obviously probably the midseason player of the year, not only in the Big Ten but potentially in the country. Yeah, right? Potentially, he's been yep. playing great ball. Ask me anybody else who's averaging a double double like he is. You know, he's tenacious. Like you said, I love that word you you used. Uh, another guy that you you said, Connor McCaffrey, is his t- his turnover to assist ratio is the best in the country. Mm-hmm. The dude he, he probably averages maybe two to four points a game, but his assist numbers are unbelievable. And if you're feeding Garza, you're going to obviously get assists. And then you talk about C.J. Frederick, and you talk about uh, Joe Wieskamp, guys who can nail threes at any point of the game if they want to. Right. I mean, that, that's just an arsenal in your back pocket. It, it's unbelievable. And then you think about this, this team – and we can get into that later conversations with who's going to go to the NBA, who's not. But you get this team with Jordan Bohannon next year. Unbelievable. Who, who do you start? Well, that's what I know. We were hearing about it, talked about it a little bit. We had some buddies down at Riverside the other weekend after oh, with, after the Michigan game. And yep. you had Luca Garza's old man there with Ryan Craner's old man, and they were drunk as a skunk celebrating and said that Luca was coming back and the Hawks were going to win the title next year. Love it. So it's Love like, it. wow. You know, a lot of people, and Dill, I want your thought on this, a lot of people wonder how far we can make it in the in the, in the the tournament this year. Just say we do make it. Mm-hmm. Based off of where our record is right now, we're going to be making it. But I've heard from a, a couple sources that I believe CBS, a CBS reporter has us as the dark horse to win the national championship. How far do you think this team can go? You know... So I feel like every year this Iowa basketball team has this kind of hype coming into February. And I, I hate to be that guy. I hate to shit on the parade here. But, you know, just kind of knowing that history where, you know, our teams kind of fizzle out, especially with our lack of depth. Uh, you know, I'm going to be happy if we end up, you know, hitting that 21 mark and getting into the tournament, you know, let alone as that 7-9 seed. If we can win a couple games, somehow end up in the Sweet 16, I'd be more than happy. But if you told me we were going to make the Big Ten or make the NCAA tournament at the beginning of the season, I would have been ecstatic. You know, and this is arguably probably one of Fran's best coaching years that he's had not only at the University of Iowa but you know over his tenure too without a doubt well think about how many injuries we had and I know every reporter said this Jack Nungy's out we got Jordan Bohannon out Patrick McCaffrey who we thought was going to see some huge minutes hasn't seen really any at all right due to cancer battling some sicknesses and whatnot yeah, absolutely and, and you look at the team that he's throwing out there those guys are playing you know 27 to 30 8 39 40 minutes a night a lot of those guys are right you know oh, yeah. and and to do it for this long, you know, obviously we're three quarters away through the season. It, it, it's unbelievable. Um, but just to kind of get your thoughts here, Dill, we, we play Maryland tonight. Um, I believe I, I have, unfortunately, Iowa losing. It looks like you do too. Uh, we got Illinois this Sunday. Dill, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think we get that one. A ranked Illinois team at home. Uh, you know, just in our predictions right here, we'll be coming off a Maryland loss. 
Uh, I, I think we get them at home. That's another ranked opponent. It's going to be a tough contest nonetheless, but you know, the, these guys at home are just playing out of their minds right Absolutely. now. So I, I think they get that. Definitely a hard-fought win, too, because Illinois is a great team right now. And then pretty tough travel to uh, West Lafayette to Purdue. Your thoughts on uh, the Purdue game? You know, and uh, Purdue's got a down team this year, but the thing you got to remember is there's no easy out in the Big Ten this year. So, so I'm going to go ahead and I'll probably put an L on that one. I think it'll be a quote-unquote upset. Oh, you see that? How much time they got left? I can't see yep, it. Yep, we, uh, we got five minutes here. Oh, five minutes? That's yep. what that says? Perfect. So, um, just so you know, Hawk fans, we're coming up here close to the Iowa-Maryland game, so that's when we'll cut this off, LOL. But, no, so I, I think they get that one. Um, or, no, I <laughs> I think they lose to Purdue, but then I think they come back and get Nebraska at home, a little revenge game from when we played like shit on Blaine's birthday, nonetheless. So. Yep. Absolutely, one wow. of the one of the biggest Nebraska fans we know. Yeah, uh, and then going there, we have Kid four sucks. games, four games on the road, and then three games at home, starting the the road stand uh, at Indiana, and then uh, Minnesota. Uh, I have Iowa beating Indiana at Indiana. Uh, they've kind of been an up and down team so far this year, but it's going to be a great game. Looks See, like Dill has a loss there. You know, I think they're kind of hot from from what I've noticed, anyway. So uh, definitely kind of hot there. You know, and looking at these games, the rest of the games from there, I think we take care of business at home with the exception of Ohio State. Um, and I, I don't think we get too many road victories. I think Michigan State, I think Michigan State might, couldn't very well impose their will on us. That's, that team's just outrageous this year. You know, we play in East Lansing too, and we never have very good success no. there too. Nope. So Fran might throw a chair at that one, but. Um, <laughs> but then I think we do come back and get Penn State at home. I think we get Purdue at home. And then that toss-up game, last game of the year at Illinois, you know, to essentially determine Big Ten seeding. Sure. So if the Hawks can end up in the top half of the Big Ten and even somehow earn a buy in that Big Ten tournament, I think that's going to be huge for them. Well, thinking about this too, you know, Iowa basketball has played so well up to this point, and, and really the Big Ten itself has really made a name for itself that a lot of bracketologists right now have 12 Big Ten teams going to the dance and making that's, it in. That's, that's how I didn't, I didn't know it was that high. I, the last I saw was 10, and that was like a month back or whatever. Yeah, and I, nuts. I don't even think the ACC has more than six as of right now. North yeah. Carolina is not even in the in the talks of going to the dance, which Ooh. would be the first time in a long time that they have. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it shows you how how tough the Big Ten is and how how tough it is to win on the road there too. And looking at project predictions for the rest of the year. Uh, I got Iowa winning 21 games. Dill has them winning 19 games. So it's going to be a kind of a toss-up. It's going to be a tough stretch. Uh, we got some tough games to play, especially in the Big Ten. See, and, and the big thing to note there, guys, is I think you know this Iowa team. Their big benchmark just hit the 20 wins. However, whatever you got to do to get there, just get to 20 wins. You're in the dance, and then anything can happen. Yep, for sure, for sure. All right, well. That was another great episode here. Uh, listeners, we apologize that we made it a little uh, a little uh, late tonight, a little small episode here. But we appreciate you guys listening as always. Again, this is the 32nd episode of Hawkeyes and Tallboys. Uh, if you guys happen to have any questions for us for our next episode, would love to uh, love to see some questions come through on uh, about the pod so we can talk about them and we'll give you a shout-out. Yeah, here. and be on the lookout too, listeners, for our um, – for our 2020 signing day official class so obviously we've talked about it a few times but now they have two different signing days so uh we wanted to hold off for the second one just in case iowa gets any late sleepers as well and a little desmond king-esque so nonetheless we're pretty excited and you know again like Bo said we really appreciate you listening and let's go hawks let's take down maryland you bet